When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, who's out of his office in Ocean City. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Wherever you are watching or listening from, YouTube TV, DraftKings Network, Samsung TV Plus, we are everywhere, and it is awesome to see. Lots to cover this hour. Um, If you missed any of our conversation earlier, recapping what was a a crazy day in college football yesterday, especially Colorado's upset of TCU, make sure you download the Lombardi line in podcast form. We'll talk plenty more college football today. Get reaction from our guy, Jonathan Von Tobel, new host of the College Lines Revealed show debuting for this season coming up later on today so we'll have JVT on in about a half an hour in 15 minutes oh sorry in about 15 minutes in a half an hour we will have Gil uh Glenn Gilbo who joins us national columnist for Outkick he also covers the LSU Tigers very closely we'll take a deep dive into the marquee matchup of college football week one LSU and Florida State but for now we're going to get things started with a little no way or no doubt Michael because we only have this final Sunday until NFL games are back on our screen and some big player question marks that need answering. Let's run that open. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubts. No doubts. No doubt my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi. No way or no doubt. All right, Michael. Bengals head coach yeah. Zach Taylor very firmly denied last week in his press conference that any of the extra time that Joe Burrow had sitting out when he injured his calf, the calf strain that he's been dealing with back on the practice field, none of that time away had to do with his contract extension. Uh, both sides have kept things pretty quiet um, on the side of it. Um, uh, looking for a new deal for Burrow. Total compensation right now, $4.54 million in 2023. So no way or no doubt, in your opinion, Joe Burrow should hold off to play until the Bengals give him the contract he deserves. 
uh, no way. I mean, that's not who Joe Burrow is, right? Joe Burrow's going to get paid. He knows it. And Mike Brown wants to pay him. I mean, Mike Brown's come out and said there's a lot of guys that deserve to get paid, which is not typically something you might hear from Mike Brown, who's fairly guarded uh, with his comments and guarded with his money. So uh, no way he should do this. I mean, the team always comes first for Burrow. That's the way he's been since he was a, a little kid. And I, I don't expect him to change. This contract will get done, and I assume he'll probably be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks. I do think it'll be interesting because I do think Burrow will fall in line with Mahomes and not try to take all the money and leave some around so that he has players around him that can help him. Yeah, it's my, Michael, it's interesting. We always talk about the disease of me in certain organizations, and you, you don't have that with the Kansas City Chiefs with their marquee players until maybe Chris Jones. We'll see how that plays out. Um, but he, another player, very deserving of a contract. But you certainly don't have that with Joe Burrow. And I loved his perspective even coming into the season. Very unfortunate that he suffered the calf strain so early just getting Bengals training camp started. But he said right before mm -hmm. that, I, wa I want these reps. I want to be out here. And that's not something that's going to have an impact on me. How about with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their wide receiver, Mike Evans? Um, he is looking to get himself a deal as well. His agent, Derek Gilmore, recently released a statement saying that the Bucs have not offered him a contract of any kind despite negotiating for over a year and has set a deadline of later this week, September 9th, for a new deal begs the question, could a trade potentially be in play? No way or no doubt it should be. The Bucks should consider trading Evans. What do you think? Well, I do think the Bucks should consider trading Evans because this is going to be a rebuilding year. And Evans, if they sign him, who's a really good player and he's underpaid based on the new quarterback market, his contract was done long ago. I do think they should consider that, particularly when you look at their team and their salary cap situation. They basically have three players they can go to to create cap room, and they need cap room. Right now, we are currently on the 51 uh, count in the NFL, which means only 51 players count towards your salary cap. On Saturday next week, the entire team, practice squad, injured reserve, count on your salary cap. And as of now, the Bucks are about $8 million under that number, $8 million over that number. So they got to pick up some cap room somewhere. And only Shaq Barrett, Mike Evans, and Devin White have high paragraph fives where they can do that. So they need to redo the deal. I'm surprised they didn't go to it sooner because he does have the ability to continue to play and give them cap room. The question is, do they have a quarterback to get him the football? That's the question. I'm not sure of that because when you look at Mayfield over his career, his eye level has come down and his throwing the ball up the field, which is what Evans does really well, uh, is not something that Mayfield does, does effectively right now. Are, are there concerns with Mike Evans about the age now that he is 30 and reaching that kind of latter part of his career? Obviously, the 1,000-yard yeah. seasons year in and year out are, are very impressive, but like you said, a team that's struggling to rebuild and a guy who might be on that downward slope here soon. Yeah, I mean, look, receivers te te technically at 30, you worry about them. You worry about, uh, you worry about like Cooper Cup had yeah. a lot of injuries going on, right? You worry about all the things that happen. 30 is kind of like the benchmark. It does, it's a wall that you have to kind of break your way through. And Evans is a down the field receiver. He's big. He's physical. He's still very effective. He should be paid higher than some of these other guys. However, his contract was done years ago, so it's kind of an outdated deal. 
But I do think that, you know, at 30, he's still an effective player. I mean, look, just ask the Carolina Panthers last year. And, and still a lot more consistency than Cooper Cup, who you just mentioned, which is where we'll, we'll turn our attention next. Another 30-year-old. He reportedly visited with a body specialist in Minnesota on Saturday to further understand the hamstring injury that he suffered a setback on this past week. Rams head coach Sean McVay called it a muscle strain and added Cup is currently day-to-day. No way or no doubt, Michael, this injury is more serious than his head coach is letting on. Oh, there's no doubt it is. If it was just a simple hamstring, he wouldn't be flying to Minnesota, you know, and, and they wouldn't be telling us this, right? Like, there, there's something here that they have to figure out, and I think it's concerning. Look, one thing we don't talk a lot about, there's a lot of players in the I don't want to say a lot. There's some players in the league that will go to Canada, that will go to Germany on their day off. This is not a lot to get treatment that is more advanced than what, what they're allowed by the FDA here in America. And so when you have a lingering injury that has bothered you, sometimes you do that, especially because you research other places that have been able to handle this. And I'm talking about countries, not cities. So when it's this level and you're getting on an airplane to go handle a hamstring and you're not sending MRIs, then you have to consider it serious. And, and this is a guy, Michael, who we've talked a lot about that season he had two years ago being an anomaly in general for him 53 yards shy of a 2000 yard season the receiving triple crown but that's not really the guy that he's been throughout the course of his career and is maybe perceived as something he might not be in full while obviously like talent off the charts that year might be a little bit different and now nagging injuries could pull that down as we see things right now 812 yards a season ago in nine games and, of course, the injury. How about in the running back department? Both Josh Jacobs and Dalvin Cook got their first live practice work this week with their respective teams. Is it possible for them to ramp up, though, this quickly and be ready and productive in week one? No way or no doubt both Cook and Jacobs will have solid week ones despite missing their full training camps. Yeah, I, I think they both will. I, I think they both will. I think running backs, it, it's not a big deal to miss camp. Uh, because when you miss camp, you, you, you're guaranteed not to get hurt, not to have it. I think Cook's healthy now, and the offense won't be something difficult for him to learn. Stefanski's terminology is fairly similar to what Nathaniel Hackett's running at the Jets. And for Jacobs, I mean, you know, he's going to be programmed to just step right in and fill into their offense and be able to kind of take off where they were last year. So, yeah, I think both of them will have significant roles. Yeah, and, and I don't your, think it's going to be rusty. I really don't think it'll be rusty. And to your point, Josh Jacobs, obviously familiar with the system, had a marquee year, led the entire league in rushing yards a season ago. Uh, just feeling healthy and ready to get off the jump now that he's got that $12 million contract. The, uh, the star of the show, one of the stars of the show in Colorado's upset win over TCU yesterday was not only Shador Sanders, but our guy Travis Hunter, the two-way player, yeah. Ironman football, who just racked it up as a wide receiver and corner yesterday. But what about his game at the next level, Michael? No way or no doubt NFL teams might allow Travis Hunter to play both sides of the ball on Sundays. Could that happen? Yeah, I think it could. I mean, remember Charles Woodson, when we drafted him in, in Oakland, you know, he played a little receiver too. Great punt returner uh, and probably could have done more at the receiving. Yeah, I think you're going to see that. But, you know, we're going to see players do more and more because when you have a guy that is as skilled as, as Hunter is, you want to try to get him the ball. Plus, he creates matchup nightmares. And even if he doesn't 
play all the time. When he comes on the field, everybody's alerted to him, right? Everybody says, uh-oh, you know, there he is, Hunter, we got to handle him. And then, you know, you got to deal with the matchups. It, 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 becomes, it becomes a luxury item that you don't have to pay for. It's a little bit like what the, what the Patriots had last year with Marcus Jones. I mean, they bring him off the bench. He's a defensive back, but he's an electrifying uh, player with the ball in his hands. you got to count for him. you, you got to at least have some way where your defense goes over it. Okay, if he's in the game, these are what they're going to do. And that takes 10, 15, 20 minutes away from what they need to be working on. I'd love to see it. The, the skill set and endurance – that Travis Hunter had on display yesterday, incredible. Played 129 stats. Endurance was unbelievable. Yes. Conditioning, Stormy. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's 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 hot as hell. He's out there playing at the highest level. Never got tired, you know. And my hats off to him. And, and you know, you got to give Dion credit too, right? So this team was conditioned. That it's not something talked a lot about. Well, does that is the head coach have you in great shape? We see it in the NFL starting next Sunday. We're going to be talking about that next Sunday when, you know, we look at the weather, which is actually more of a problem in September than it is in December or January because the humidity just zaps you to death and it's hard to recover no matter how long you get an IV. I will say this, you know, the game where we beat, we beat Atlanta in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, if it wasn't for a long halftime and players could get two IVs, we might not have won. Humidity is a different animal. I'm just mentally preparing to be a sideline reporter in the swamp next week. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
It's the final Sunday without NFL games until February. We're just a handful <laughs> of days from kicking off the 2023 NFL season. But while we wait, don't worry, college football, we have our hands full with it, with the way that the action was taking place here in week one. Do you believe now? Yes, we will get to the upsets and Coach Prime of it all in a moment. But first, as we welcome you into the Lombardi line on DraftKings Network and VSIN, YouTube TV, Samsung TV Plus, we now welcome in the one and only Michael Lombardi, former NFL executive. How are you, my friend? Happy Sunday. Last one, last one. Happy Sunday. Last one, yeah, but we still got football today, which is awesome. A great day yesterday. I, I really enjoyed the college games, and there was so much uh, intrigue. Obviously, Colorado's big win and the talk of the country right now and Deion Sanders and, and the team he put together and credit them for being able to play as well as they did on opening day. Yeah, perfect place to start. Let's get into it. The story yesterday. I was about to go on air for my open hit yesterday at Auburn, Michael, as I hear the news that – Colorado's really going to do this. They go on an upset, number 17, TCU, a team that was just a year ago playing for a national championship. Uh, the Buffs win it straight up as a 21-point consensus dog, 9-1, to 8-1 to one on the money line, 45-42, your final in Deion Sanders' Power 5 coaching debut. Total goes well over, but what a way to start the season and what just an incredible performance from the two stars of that Colorado Buffaloes team, Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter. And the heat, you know, I think we lose sight of watching it on TV. We forget how hot it was, right? And these two kids played extremely well. Sanders, their whole offense did credit uh, what they were able to do offensively. I think when you play that 3-3-5 defense, there's a lot of easy throws within it. And when you don't pressure Sanders like they didn't do, uh, he was going to torch them. And obviously Hunter, Weaver, and Horn, those kids played extremely well. And their offensive line deserves a ton of credit, you know, for being able to. But I think Dion's been able to, you know, whenever you go against the trend, right, how many new players? My surprise was, Stormy, how well they came together mm -hmm. so quickly, right, with so many new faces. But whenever you go against the trend, whenever you do something that's unconventional, people are going to doubt you. And, you know, and it goes back to the old saying, if we're all thinking alike, no one's thinking. I mean, Dion changed his approach. He knew the recruiting going on there under Carl Durrell wasn't very good. He had to get better players. He did. He got a quarterback. He got a great receiver who plays both ways. Mm -hmm. He's the Jim Thorpe of the NFL right now uh, of college football. And, uh, you know, they were able to come away with a win in, in, in a hard-fought place, especially when a young team like this wins in the fourth quarter. Look, they made the stop defensively that they needed to make. Whereas TCU on fourth and two couldn't make the stop. Yep. The go-ahead 46-yard touchdown was a thing of beauty. And then, of course, as you referenced, Colorado was able to get the stop with the with what 55 seconds left in the game to put this one away again 45 42 your final score there Shador Sanders 510 yards the most ever by a Colorado quarterback uh, um, with four touchdowns 38 of 47 no picks as Deion Sanders himself said he's bringing his luggage and it's Louie and it came in the form of his own son Travis Hunter wide receiver one and corner one <laughs> the like the kid was making plays like crazy you mentioned the heat he plays 129 snaps in a hundred five degree heat on that turf and their impact plays Michael 11 catches 119 yards as a wide receiver has that diving interception three tackles a pass breakup um, and the dominant coming out party Michael surprised the majority of people in the country but it did not surprise coach prime himself take a listen to what he had to say after the game what's up boss you believe now you you will 
hold on, hold on, hold on, oh no. Do you believe in that? Huh? Oh no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. He all, and, and he kept going, Michael, because he was talking about Shador Sanders, his son. He goes, from an HBCU, that guy that played at Jackson State last year, the one you asked me, why would I give him the starting job, just kept going, talking about the receipts he's got. He is living on cloud nine. Yeah, well, and I think what, what gets caught a little bit out of sync here is what a good staff Dion put together, right? I mean, and. As I've said before on this program, I think Sean Lewis is one of the best offensive minds in college football. He did a great job at Kent State. Nobody really knew about him, but Dion did, and Dion hired him and let him run the offense. And he's the, you know, run it. Gary Harrell is the assistant head coach. I mean, um, excuse me, uh, Charles Kelly is the defensive coordinator. They did a good job of making adjustments. The longtime Pitt defense coordinator, Sal Sinceri, who's been at Alabama, has been a lot of places. He's on the staff. You know, Tim Brewster's their tight end coach. I mean, they've got really good coaches on his staff, and I think it's a credit to Dion, you know, that he's able to lure those coaches there. He let them coach. He's the CEO of the program. I mean, he motivates them. He recruits the players, and he's got a really good eye for talent. So I, I don't think you can dismiss it. I mean, saying he's the CEO isn't a knock on him. It, it's exactly what great leaders do is they find the right people, they put the system in place, and look, he's brought Colorado football to its relevant. Now, do I believe that they're going to win a national championship? No, but I think now we see he's got this program going and it's only going to get better. So that's where I want to go next with this angle, Michael, because while yesterday was so impressive and you win a game against a top 20 opponent as a 21-point underdog, your first game as a head coach with all of these new pieces, you talk about the new players coming in, the influx of talent, 86 new players coming in here, just 10 returning scholarship players from a year ago. So Yes, there is a lot of positivity, but this is still a team that was predicted with a three and a half win total. Yes, that has ticked up to five, but it's still five, right? Like this is a team that has a very, very difficult schedule in the Pac-12 ahead and a lot of question marks still about that defense that led up 42 points. We have to remember this is a TCU team as well that despite playing for a national title a year ago did get embarrassed in that national championship game and also lost their starting quarterback in Max Duggan, who was a Heisman finalist, lost their starting wide receiver, Quentin, Quentin Johnson, to the NFL. Um, their defense is not exactly something to write home about, like I referenced. So let's temper expectations a little bit. I wonder what Deion Sanders is going to be like when they, they do start losing games and they aren't able to maybe go head-to-head with an Oregon. Or, I mean, that game on September 30th against USC and September 23rd at Oregon, like, I'm so excited to see what those types of matchups are going to be like down the line. Yeah, I mean, look, he's got it going, right? And, and now all of a sudden people are no longer talking about the transfer portal. They're talking about how well they played. They're talking about, right. you know, they're going to be a formidable opponent. And so every week it gets harder. Every week it becomes more challenging to, to, uh, to the team. You know, every win makes the next win harder because people don't take you lightly. But give the guy credit. He came in with a plan. You know, he made no bones about it. He changed the, the tenor of the, of the culture within the building. 
And he did, he did the right thing, and he's building this program. And he's proven that he knows what he's doing in terms of you can just see the talent on the field. I mean, this is not a talentless team. Yeah. I mean, even if Hunter weren't on the field or Sanders weren't on the field, they played really well yesterday, and they beat a good, well-coached team in TCU. So, yeah, and, you know, and I, Michael, I think – made... I, I mean, look, they made the plays at the end of the game that TCU didn't make. Yeah, and you made that point of buy-in. I think that's what's so important when you have all these new pieces for them to be able to become cohesive so quickly. Like, they're buying what Coach Prime is selling, and let's just see if this carries on. Um, but in terms of, you mentioned Sanders and Hunter there. Heisman Trophy odds, Hunter goes from 100-1 to 1 down to 40-1. to 1. Shador Sanders from 150-1 to 1 in the market to 41-1. to 1. National championship odds from 200-1 to 1 cut in half to 100-1. to 1. And then we push it forward to just next week, Michael, where they're taking on the Nebraska Cornhuskers against new head coach Matt Rule. Colorado was an 8.5-point underdog in that game prior to yesterday's result. Now on DraftKings overnight, they're a 2.5-point favorite against Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, look, again, you know, one of the things we, we don't talk enough about is the book has a hard time figuring out these transfer portals and the players. Right. And so there's always going to be a little bit of a of a, you know, a, a miss up. Look, Texas State beats Baylor yesterday. You know, Baylor's a 26 point favorite. You know, yep. I think to me, the first weekend, we got to take a step back and really analyze some of this because a lot of the plays in the first week are guesses. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, this team's going to play this team well or this team's going to play another. And you're going to have a bad week because college football, we do not have any preseason. And we do not really know the depths of it. I mean, yesterday we talked about Texas A&M. Will their offense be better? You know, I know Petrino's a really good coach, right? And, you know, they made no bones about it. They made it very clear that they their offense is going to be much better this year than it was last year in terms of how well they dominated that game. So, I think this is week one is you're collecting a lot of data on these teams and trying to understand them. I mean, look at Oklahoma yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I know it was not a formidable opponent, but I mean, Oklahoma, you know, they played, they played well, their offense looked much better. And I think they're just, you could tell they're you can tell that they're back to where, you know, they at least are on the right track. I'm not saying they're going to be great, but we talked about their over total. I mean, yeah. Arkansas state with new coach, uh, 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 you know, uh, oh shoot, I, I can't think his of his name, name right now either, but yeah, he, uh, uh, I got buzz on the brain. I got buzz Butch on the brain. Jones, I think yeah, of him as, it was a rough go for him know, on the field at the end of the game, right? So, I think you know, you got to give this some, you know, it's going to take some time to get it going, but look, I, I think we can peel back a lot of layers. Like, I thought Drew Aller, your guy Drew Aller at Penn State against West Virginia yesterday, I think he's really good, and I think he's that Penn State team has a chance to be really good. You know, everybody was on North Texas State because everybody thinks Cal can't move the football. Well, Cal looked like they can move the football pretty good, right? They scored 58 points. Yeah. We wanted to get the show started with the big news of the day, talking all things Colorado and that upset, but we'll get into more of what you just referenced there. A lot of the outcomes from yesterday, Oklahoma, that final 73, nothing against Arkansas state. You meant no preseason, but there were a couple of those cupcake tune-up type games for certain teams. Oklahoma being one of them. Oregon, we saw with an 81 to seven final against Portland state. You have those, those teams covering the total by themselves. We'll get into more of that in a moment, especially when it comes to quarterback play we saw yesterday. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Our very own Michael Lombardi has just written his second book, Football Done Right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and history of the NFL. And now, for a limited time, you can get a free copy of Michael's new book when you become a VSIN Pro annual subscriber. Sign up on a new VSIN Pro annual subscription today and use the promo code Lombardi. Get an entire year of VSIN Pro access. That's our daily best bet, season prep betting guides. 24 7 video and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and also football done right. Remember, use that promo code Lombardi when you sign up. A VSIN Pro annual subscription. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. And people at home, try not to be too jealous, but I have one coming in the mail. I'm very excited, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I appreciate it. How it's excited to, are you? Like all the all the hard work finally, you know, getting put <sighs> out there this week. You know, it's 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 humbling to do it and you know, and it's fun that that you put it together and hopefully, you know, people can pick it up and read it and I'm sure there'll be a lot of debate about it because that's the one good thing about writing this kind of book is everybody's entitled to their opinion and everybody's going to want to argue with you about who's your number one player, who's your number one coach. You know, why isn't this person in there? Why isn't that person in there? So, you know, it, it, it'll stir a lot of conversation. And I thought for me, selfishly, it was a, a really a labor of love because I got to do a lot of research that I wish I would have done when I was still in the league because it really has helped me understand the evolution of the game. I bet that was a great exercise and learning some more of those stories as well. Um, really excited to get my hands on it. And, and we'll talk a little bit of college football here in a moment. We're going to go through some red chip, blue chip coaches as we continue that series. Michael, you and Femi have been doing a great job on the GM shuffle there. But but first, we do have one more game in college football coming up today. I want to get your opinion on first game of the day, 9 Pacific, noon Eastern in the Big Ten. It's the back to the birthplace game, Northwestern at Rutgers. The Scarlet Knights opened a four-point favorite. We now see it at six, six and a half. Total down a point to 39 and a half. And for this Northwestern team that went one and 11 a year ago and had a tumultuous offseason with the removal of their head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, seems like another uphill battle mm -hmm. this season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, Northwestern, how their approach is to the game. And, you know, because their, their season has gotten pulled from, from them, right? And so, you know, Skip Holtz, the former Louisiana Monroe coach, is in there to help them out. He's not formally the, the head coach, but he's in there to try to offer some support. And, you know, this is year three of, of, of Greg Ciano's program at Rutgers. I think finally he's got an older team. And, you know, the, always the thing about Rutgers, I mean, they've been able to play good defense. They're 17-14 against Michigan at halftime. Uh, unfortunately, they've been really, they have struggled to move the football. And, you know, they're going to start Gavin Winsett, the redshirt sophomore at quarterback. We'll see what he can do. I think the team around Rutgers is much better than it was. They didn't take very many transfers. They've kind of tried to help their skill position. But it, they'll play good defense. The question will be, can they move the football effectively? Yeah, and I think that the defense is what's going to win this for Rutgers. I do not have an official bet on my bet slip yet, but I lean laying it with Rutgers for, for a number of reasons. But returning five of their front seven, a big part of that. Offensively, in terms of moving the football, as you referenced, they did officially name a starting quarterback. I saw the report from Pete Thamel before we came on this morning. They're going with Bent Bryan over Brendan Sullivan, transfer 
from Cincinnati, uh, started 11 games with the Bearcats last season, 61.2 completion percentage at 2,731 yards and 21 touchdowns. Also spent some of his time in his career at Eastern Michigan. I think that's the right play. I covered Ben Bryant a little bit, um, and I think that he'll be able to get the job done here. Rutgers also does tend to play well in season openers, 11 and two, their last 13 instances starting a season off at home. Plus they'd lost their previous two games against Northwestern. I think this is an opportunity to maybe jump on the Wildcats in this spot, but, uh, but okay, let's get to, like I mentioned, those red chip blue chip coaches. I was pretty excited when I was looking through this list, Michael, because it's just a reminder of how good some of the coaches really, really are in this league. And it starts at the top with you and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, well, I mean, look, what Andy's been able to do is what most great coaches have to do. He's found the answer at quarterback, and he not had the first pick in overall to do it. You know, when he gets to Philadelphia and he has the high pick, he picks Donovan McNabb. And then he struggles in the transition from McNabb. Got rid of McNabb at the right time. Got a lot for him. But Kevin Cobb wasn't ready to play. And they kind of went into Michael Vick. And then it kind of fell apart. He goes to Kansas City. First thing he does, he takes Alex Smith. And they win right away. And, you know, and that, and that winning led him to say to himself, I'm good, but now i got to get great. Same thing with Mike Tomlin. I mean, they get Kenny Pickett. You know, is Kenny Pickett an elite talent? No, but Kenny Pickett fits what they want to do. You know, Belichick's going through that too. I mean, he had Mac Jones make the playoff as a rookie. So there was, a, there was that moment where they were transitioning and then the stub in the toe last year. You know, Mike Vrabel's got to solve the quarterback position for him, but he manages the game really well. And then I think Sean Payton, a lot is on Sean. Sean's done a really good job. You know, a lot of people are critical of Sean, you know, not getting to a conference, not getting to a Super Bowl. But, I mean, you know, the one game you could go back to when the Rams won that game down in New Orleans on the non-pass interference call kind of, like, kept him out of his second Super Bowl. So I still think Sean's a really good coach. Uh, I'm going to go with that, and I think he's still a blue-chip coach. We're going to find out this year. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with the first three names on on that list, Michael. I don't think that there could be any argument, especially knowing what Mike Tomlin has done season in and season out with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bill Belichick, the history of Super Bowls. I was a little bit curious, though, what was your distinction between putting Mike Vrabel and Sean Payton up there against some of these other guys in your red chip category? You got Pete Carroll with the Seattle Seahawks, Kyle Shanahan, who's been able to do so much despite not having a lot at the quarterback position. The list goes on. Well, I think Vrabel, you know, he's been able to win with a lot lesser talent than most of those other two coaches. I mean, Pete has done a great job and Pete's going to be in the hall of fame one day, even though the analytical community doesn't think Pete manages the game very well. Pete's criteria for what takes to get into the hall of fame. He meets it and checks all the boxes. You know, for me, Vrabel just, I don't think Vrabel's team's been that talented. I think his general manager has let him down. John Robinson got fired. They've got a lot of first round picks that aren't even on the team. You know, and so he's been able to really get a team to play at a higher level than I thought that I thought its talent level says it is. And for him to do what he did last year in Kansas City, Kansas City's coming off their bye week and he goes in there with Malik Willis, gets a first down in the second quarter and then doesn't get another one until overtime. To me, was one of the greatest coaching uh, exhibits I've ever seen in my career. That that game belongs in the Hall of Fame. That game made him a blue chip coach to me. I don't think anybody else could have done that, and I, I credit him for that. But I think that's what that's what makes it. I think you could debate Sean, Pete Carroll. I think that's fair. I mean, look, 
one thing about we know about Kyle, Kyle has those ups and downs years, right? So, you know, until he got Garoppolo, he had the bear year, then Garoppolo gets hurt and things fell apart. One thing I think with Vrabel, it's never really fallen apart. One thing about Sean, it's never really fallen apart. So I think that was the difference, Stormy. Yeah, and you think with Vrabel a couple years ago, just the the way that that team was riddled with injuries and still able to get in the position that they did was really, really impressive. The other names on your, your red chip list here, in addition to Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll, you got Sean McVay of the LA Rams, John Harbaugh, and Brian Dable. And the fact that you have Dable on here, I think, says a lot about the job that he did in his first year a season ago winning coach of the year with the Giants over 500 putting them in a good position despite their quarterback in a lot of instances and what they were able to do with Daniel Jones yeah and people say well where's Nick Sirianni and, and I think Nick yeah. Sirianni's done a really good job coming up with the six-back offense but here's what I will say I've learned this through the evolution of hiring by Philadelphia after Chip Kelly I think Philly decided that they were going to hire a coach that their organization could help and grow. And they hired Peterson, and Peterson wasn't really ready to be a head coach when they hired him, but they kind of made him into one. And then the, condors, the, the, then the conflict came when he wanted to have more say because he felt like, since I won a Super Bowl, well, the organization really supported him. And I think it's the same with Seriani. I mean, look, they go out and hire Vic Fangio last year as, as a consultant to help Jonathan Gannon on defense. They do a lot to help the coach in Philadelphia. I'm not saying Nick's not a good coach, but they do a lot to help them there. Their organization takes the same approach that Al Davis took at the Raiders. We're going to help the coach along here. We're not going to rely on him to lead the program. So I think that's what I separate. And what Dayball did with essentially the same team in a horrible cap that he inherited from Joe Judge, he won nine games. So I think you have to give him credit for that. No Mike McCarthy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mike's one of those guys that we I was talking to a coach in the league yesterday about Mike. Mike's one of those guys that didn't get a lot of respect because Mike's not flashy, you know, and Mike's game management sometimes you wonder what's going on. Uh, but I think this will be a great opportunity. You know, I know a lot of people that I respect that think Mike's an outs- outstanding play caller. Quarterbacks that have played in the league and played for Mike. We're going to find out. Yeah. We're going to find out this year because I think he's got a lot of things working in his favor that he needs to show that he can bring it to life. Just keep an eye on the clock there, Mike. Uh, Everybody make sure you check out the GM Shuffle, the final installment looking at the quarterbacks tomorrow. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 